Hey everyone, welcome back to In The Weeds podcast. My name's Matty Farrell, and today we've got a fun-filled podcast with Mr. Johnny Bongo Lacey, co-founder of the global phenomenon, Bongo's Bingo. Johnny's a bit of a foodie at heart, and if his lockdown social media is ending to go by, I think he fancies himself a bit of a chef now. So we chat about life on the road, fatherhood, and some of his greatest meals. But first, a conversation with Mr. Rich McGuinness of venues such as The Merchant, Yes, and The Warehouse Project, to name just a few telling us their incredible story of making PPE for the NHS. This is just amazing. You may have seen this on social media, and here we can hear the story, how to donate and help such a great cause, which is going from strength to strength. So please, guys, listen, sit back, relax, and enjoy. We're all in this together. Hi, so I've got Rich McGuinness here from The Merchants in Liverpool. Obviously, we're talking about PPE and the, the problems that, obviously, the shortage has been caused recently. So um, the initiative that The Merchant have done, you might have seen on social media. I've got Rich here to, to bring us up to date and talk about it. How are you doing, Rich? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, thanks for having us on. Uh, yeah, so I guess, I guess the overall you know situation is we were starting to pick up situation regarding around PPE in um, you know all, all over the country but also we noticed there was a, there was quite a few kids in Liverpool who'd gone out got the initiative and sort of found these 3d printers and were able to start printing their own stuff um, and we're delivering them kind of you know hand delivering them to the NHS and we kind of reached out to a couple of kids on Twitter uh, one the guy that we spoke to turns out to be um, uh, you'll, you'll know Shenner's um, you know, you know, Shanners who does you know a lot of video blogging and stuff on in uh, in Liverpool. But um, turns out it was her brother Paul got in touch with him and just said, "Look, we've got all the space in the merchant. We're we're, we're boarded up. Um, we can go out and bang a drum and raise some money and get behind this. Take it up, take it up a phase. You know, once we got into it, worked out. You know, how many how many visors we can print per bed? How many how many runs it'll take a day?" We started looking at the production of it. We were like, well, hang on a minute. If we start to get this up to like 10 or 15, 15 uh, printers, two runs a day, three runs a day, we could start getting into the thousands on production. And um, that's kind of just where we're getting to now, really. We've, we've got just over 20 printers. Um, some of them can take, some of them can print um, four, some of them can print eight, some of them can print 16 in a run. Um, and we've basically just got them going all the time now. So it's kind of taken, it's been quite a steep curve of learning for us, really coming from the outside. Paul really had the initial idea um, and he's basically come in, helped to set all these things up. Um, and we've got, you know, when our rate started raising the money from on the Just Giving page, um, we've had some incredible support from other local businesses um, and even on a national level, uh, you know, like Live Nation came in and threw in six grand. Um, we've had restaurants and some restaurant in Crosby we never heard of threw 500 quid in. It's just been, it's been pretty phenomenal really. Um, but we were kind of, We've benefited through, I guess, the social media reach of not just the merchant, but obviously we're both in Circus and Shibuku and all the other bits and pieces that we're doing. Um, so it's kind of it's escalated quite quickly, um, we're, and we're heading towards the 20k at the minute. But I think that's gonna that's gonna escalate. Um, we're gonna, we're just going to keep going. The kind of strategy at the minute is just to keep buying more printers. The material itself is quite cheap, so the, you know the more space, the more the more printers we can we can kind of. We can buy and and source. Actually, sourcing them has been quite difficult. Um, we've got ten from Amsterdam, which are currently missing in action somewhere between here and Stansted. So we're trying to track them down at the minute. Um, and what are you actually? What actual PPE are you making? So, so the visors. So what we're actually printing is this kind of like this the band that goes across here, yep. um, and that's the complicated bit. But the it's you know these kids that are that are on these three printers are. Super clever. You can go on the internet, download a standard file, which is which is up to spec, um, print it out, and straight away it fits with the standard A4 sheet of you know for the visor, um, all all the measurements, everything. Like it's so simple. What you know they've made it so simple, but it's just this one piece of plastic that's just the key part. And once you've got that, it's like putting bits of putting bits of elastic on there. I mean, once you once you see it come together, you're like. Why? Why is not? Why is everyone not doing this? This is this is not rocket science. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, finding the printers is now becoming quite difficult. But you know, we're kind of getting up to like 200, 250 items a day. 
start getting into that seven seven days a week. You know, we start getting into like thousands thousands of items, um, thousands of items a week. But we're we're delivering them to, you know, frontline NHS people in, in intensive care units, um, ambulance drivers, um, you know, nurses, care homes all over the place. We're dropping them off. We've got people coming to pick them up, um, and we're getting calls from London. We're getting calls from all over the country, Scotland, everywhere. So Jack, do you actually need more more printers? Do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, we've, 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 we're kind of full on the bottom floor at the minute, but I think we've got another floor there where we can go. We've, we can go again. I think it's going to take the operation up another level. Um, and all the kids that you know that work with us at the club, we've got a lot of support locally from the bar um, and everything else. We've we've got we've got a kind of little production line now where it's kind of like every every other day. Um, once we have like a good kind of harvest from the printers, people are coming in, set, you know, assembling everything, and then we're, we're just getting them straight out. I mean, they're literally not touching the ground. They're going straight out. We've got a backlog of people to get to. And by the time we get to them, there's another backlog coming. So, you know, it's like we're just doing as much as we can with really. it. And so it's actually making them inside the merchants. Yeah. 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 And obviously, the, you know, there's, we've had every question that you could probably have is like, yeah. Are they sanitized? The hospital sanitized them, and we check with them beforehand. You know, um, do you have sanitization facilities, yeah. and what type of sanitization? Because there's different types. Um, we're not just sending stuff out willy-nilly. You know, we're checking with everyone. We're verifying the people we're giving it to. You know, we thought we had um, someone ring up the other day. I was like, oh, we've got got an order of two thousand to fill every week, and we kind of got the feeling that they were they were they were selling them. Right. And we we're like, well, we're not, you know, we're not going to sit here and break yeah, yeah. our necks you guys just to sell them so we're verifying everything we've had some incredible feedback from from every from pretty much everyone we've we've, we've given stuff and everyone's very grateful for it but i think um you know the need is there uh what is strange though is that the the middle management the procure, procurement kind of managers that we're speaking to at the nhs are saying no everything's fine we don't need anything yeah i've heard that yeah and uh, that is weird. Um, we're, um, you know, we're getting that. Paul's been on the phone with people, Paul Hennigan. He's getting that. Other people that he knows in Liverpool that are printing stuff, you know, kids are doing it at the garage and whatever, they're getting the same thing. But but since we put all the stuff out, so we're getting NHS people emailing us directly going, like, just get us whatever you can. There's, you know, there's there's people using welding masks at the minute because they haven't got anything else. Wow. You know, so that's just the reality of it. You know, we, there is also a huge demand for scrubs, and we've kind of thought, well, we've got some friends who maybe maybe could kind of kickstart that. So we're we're going to look at that as well, maybe. But that's going to that would take even more space and skill. You know, it's a, it's a different thing. But um, we'll see how far we get with the printers at the minute. At the minute, it's something we can do. We can set them up to run. The outputs there. It's not difficult for it to distribute. We can just we can focus on that, and it'll work. I think. I think the scrubs is something that needs a bit more attention. Okay, cool. I think it's uh, it's absolutely amazing what you're doing, Rich, and the team. So should be really proud of yourselves. Um, that's because I think everyone is aware. What everyone says there's definitely a shortage, and and whatever they yeah. can you can do is brilliant. Do you want to tell them um, the listeners of how they can help and um, possibly donate to the cause? Yeah, there's ju- there's a just giving page which is on all of our social media. So if you want to the merch and Instagram. Um, you'll see it there or Shibuka or Circus or any of those, you'll see the Just Giving page and I'll, I'll give you the link so you can add it to all your bits and pieces. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're flying towards 20 grand. We're going we're gonna to keep going, keep keep sourcing printers and um, keep cracking on basically for the next, you know, for as long as it takes really. All right, brilliant. Rich, thanks for coming on. Um, obviously, yeah. you know, big love to you and your family and stay safe. Yeah, you too. Take it easy. I'll speak to you soon. Hi everyone. Hey guys, welcome to episode three of In The Weeds podcast. I'm delighted to have Mr. Johnny Bongo Lacey, co-founder of the now infamous Bongo's Bingo. Johnny, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing good, brother. It's nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. I'm just uh, chilling in the front room now. I've got a wee bit of bit of time away from um, my girlfriend and my two-year-old son to do this and have a, few, a wee sit-off in the afternoon, a few tinnies at the rally. Yeah, great. Yeah, it was great time. <laughs> great time here as well. Obviously, just for anyone who's listening, this is kind of made in the times of isolation and lockdown. So we're doing this via uh, Zoom. Um, so 
And we were just talking before you obviously been really busy before for the last few weeks, even though we've been in lockdown, haven't you? Yeah, so when the lockdown came in place, we started, obviously we couldn't do our bingo shows. They've all been postponed, which is a bit heavy. Um, so literally off the cuff, one of our tech guys said, why don't we start streaming something? And, you know, I've never, you, I've ne- you know, I've never streamed before. Um, never didn't really know much about it. But the tech guys that work for us did, and they put, we put together this sort of live bingo show entertainment, like sort of TFI Friday kind of vibe. And we're streaming a couple of times a week. And we ended up moving in together because of the full lockdown and self-isolation. Yeah, we all self isolated in like six apartments that we rented out, and it was really fun. But we've just had to sort of take a break um, from it at the moment. Um, but yeah, it was just it was nice. It was nice for something to do. Nice for something to put together. You know, people watched, people donated to the NHS, which was brilliant, and it was just good crack. Yeah, I think people have taken to watching stuff and and you know, doing stuff online pretty well. I think they think they look like something to look forward to, don't they? And, and familiar faces and stuff like that. I, I heard a lot of people talking about it. It was funny. I watched a bit. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. We're so lucky to have such a great team that can put together such like, honestly, because when we, even when we set up in the apartments, it felt like, you know, we were sitting on the sofa presenting it, but we were looking out at like monitors, screens. You know, we had six people on the tech team working away, doing different visuals. And, and, and it's just like, you know, man, this is nuts. Like, they, they, just, they, they literally built like a, a TV studio, like a, like, like a lo-fi TV studio within a couple of days. And not, not blowing everyone's trumpet, but like it got a couple of million views within the space of a few weeks, which is apparently in the streaming world a bit mad, you know, to, to yeah. get that kind of feedback. So it was good. It might be something that we look at in... Uh, in a, in, in, in a bit of time, but... A bit of last leg. Take on the last leg, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, it's a lot, it's, you know, I think it, it, filled a, it filled a gap for us for a bit, keeping us sane. But all the hosts, all the dancers, we just want to... We just can't wait. We just keep thinking about that first show back, like what it's going to be like. You know, that's what we're kind of like clinging on to to keep our, keep our heads straight. Have you, have you found it hard to stay positive about it? Or you kind of... What's your thoughts? I think the main the main thing is it's not you know although it's hard on every it's hard on us and it's, but it's everyone's in the same boat so that's like you can't really complain too much and it's it's, a, it's like because everyone's suffering mm. so it's almost works in the opposite way because you've got something in common with everyone and 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 that's why I think it's amazing you know that actually attitudes are quite positive and although it's it's nice yeah I think. But I think you know, things like that, like this, you know, things like social media and technology can be like, you know, the devil sometimes. But in times like this, it's it's coming up trumps, and it's like, wow, it's it's a good age that we live in that we can, you know, you can sit in your house and talk to your friends on a on a on a screen. Yeah, no, I think it's something good's got to come out of it. I think there has to be some sort of shift in society somewhere because. It, yeah. I don't know. I think um, there's definitely been, like you say, it can be the devil on social media, but it's the positive side of it for sure. Imagine this without any technology being an absolute nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. That it's it's nuts. I think I think when um, when we get through it all as well, I think there, there will be a shift in how people. You know, I think stuff like this, people people will. I I, I think will like talk to their mates more on, online and and do stuff online and. You don't know. They, they, you never know. There might be a market for what you were doing. Um, you might you have to. You don't want to go out anymore. I'm not sure everyone's just so used to it. Does it feel like, actually, I couldn't be bothered going to the pub? Well, the, I mean, the advantage of this is it's free. So, exactly. yeah. But. And it's like it's like four four tins of Strongbow Dark Fruit for three ninety nine. That's part of ten. <laughs> you don't get that in the big street market. Oh, fuck off. You, yeah, you can't compete with that. No, but uh, yeah, it's true. I, no, it's definitely a good thing. But would you would you go down the TV route? Nah, it's I, 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 ever, for the shows. Like everyone was kind of saying in the streams, oh, it's good. This might be something you could do. Or what about Bongo's Bingo TV show? And yeah, I don't know. We I think everyone just loves the live shows so much. And you know, for the last at least three three years, there's been 
documentary back and forth with different documentary crews, Channel 4, BBC, yeah. all about potentially doing a documentary around Bongo's Bingo. All right. Following us, the, the, the latest one that was in the pipeline was potentially following us when we try and do shows in America, which was going to be, God, I don't know, potentially November or January next year. Who knows where that is now, but I don't know. I just think there's there's an element of when it comes to TV and especially documentaries, like not that there's anything dodgy behind the curtain, but yeah. there's also kind of like, do you know what I mean? You don't want to see, I don't necessarily want everyone to see what goes on behind the scenes. No. Not in a bad way. If it, kind of like our shows are so ad hoc and, and, and a bit mental and chaos, but there's also so much work that goes into them to make them so... Like they run smoothly, so it's almost organized chaos. So I don't necessarily want people to sort of see it, kind of like spoils the magic. Like, I think people think that we're all like absolutely off our heads, partying 24 7, and there is elements of that. Yeah. But actually, we're, we're, we've become from this starting, the bingo starting is a bit of a laugh. We've all kind of become like quite professional performers and like really care about like. Like our timings and our like vocal pr- uh, projection and stuff—it's nuts. So how often? How often do you get cattled? <laughs> what what's cattled? Yeah, well, cattled is like you know smashed really. Oh, smashed cattled. Where's that from? I've never heard cattled. Really cattled right to the boil. Um, every show, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, yeah. No, we have a we have a few. It's hard. It's so hard not to get involved. The style of the show. Yeah, and you know, it's not like I can do the show sober, no problem. But it's just so much nicer with a, a bottle of hot fast. It's just, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad to say. Yeah, you know, in front of a thousand people, absolutely just buzzing. Yeah, and having such a laugh, you kind of just want to join in. So you you saying before as well, like like the gambling commission come and spoke to you? Did you say basically our shows are are are. Quali- they qualify as gambling shows. We have a, we have our own gambling license. So content, the venue that we build is is a registered bingo hall, <laughs> which is nuts because they're knocking them down everywhere. So I think we were the first first purpose built bingo hall since the eighties or nineties. I think. Well, really, yeah. Uh, mad, yeah, definitely the nineties anyway. But yeah, when we first started the shows, um, the gambling about a year in. The gambling commission came to the like all the suits came to the venue and were uh saying right we need to see all your licenses and we were like what are you talking about and they were like well this is gambling we've been watching your show for the last couple of weeks really we're like we're giving away you know hoovers and cocoa pops it's how can it be gambling but it is that's it's really really strict and it it was a tough one because the gambling rules that applied to us, they, they were exactly the same as just bingo halls. So there was no, so they almost, the Gamma Commission had to bend a little bit and almost make new rules for our kind of event. Yeah. Because there was, there's no, there was never anything like it before. There's, there was always talk that there's, there's, there's been themed bingo nights for years, <laughs> but we, we were the first that was, we we're like the only ones that are actually doing bingo. So out of all the, copycats that have came up from us starting we're the only ones that have got a license we're the only ones that are actually playing bingo doesn't qualify they all sort of bend the rules so that's that important for us is that known now is that an actual bingo hall yeah yeah so it's re- it's it's registered gambling registered it's got some premises gambling license i don't even we've got a team that work for us like that that solely work on gambling within the offices all right i'm not really out in the offices that much because the way the business works there's like two sides to it. So I deal with the show side and the creative side and I've got my kind of team of dancers and techs. And, and then you've got the office side, which is my business partner, Josh. And that's for all the marketing and I don't even know, the HR accounts. Well, that but there's like, like 40 people in that office. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not really, really allowed in too much. And it's... Uh, there's a, there's a team of like two people that are solely working on gambling licenses. It's nuts. So how many like how many countries were you in at this point? So we're in forty cities in the UK, and uh, and then about six or seven maybe 
we do regular shows in Paris and a couple of other cities in France. And we do that with a French host. Okay. And then we do Amsterdam, Ibiza. Well, we were going to be doing another season in Ibiza, which I'm absolutely gutted about, our fourth season. That's well, the one that's going to move it, mightn't they? They're talking about moving it. Oh, like like in the winter, kind of? Yeah. Don't know. Uh, yeah, that's the one that's kind of killed me off a little bit. After about three years, when we started to get other hosts in, I'm just based in Liverpool, so... But I'll do quite a, the odd shows in the summer. So I had snowbombing this year, Ibiza, um, another festival in London, and that's all gone now. So that's, but that'll be good if I move it a little bit further on. Well, I like. I mean, obviously, in, in this podcast, we talk a lot about travel. Obviously, it opens the senses, and it must be difficult for you to kind of then suddenly be. Although it's great being at home, just put back at home. Almost, you would you like the travel aspect? It's amazing. That's that's the one. Like certainly as well. To, you know, getting a different aspect on what we do when we did the first tour of Australia. I'd never been to Australia, so it had, and a lot of the guys had. So you know, six or seven of us went out and did a three-week tour uh, of four cities, I think. But it's amazing watching how as something that you've created the show, how it goes down in different countries, like how it goes down in Dubai how we have to tweak things for, you know, a certain audience. It's, it's, that's, that's like one of the most amazing things. And I'm so excited about, you know, whether it happens this year or next year, it's definitely, we're definitely going to give it a go trying to do America. Yeah. And I just, I'm so excited to see what the Yanks make of it. And um, what's your biggest, what's like the craziest place you do it in? Or is there a couple? Well, you'd be surprised. Dubai. It's too much for me. Like we've just we've just done a new set up a new um a venue out there in the Atlantis right. in the Palm. And you'd think when I went out there to do the first launch about a couple of years ago, I was like, this is gonna be weird. You know, Dubai's you have it in your head, it's really strict. You know, if you've never been to Dubai, especially now, it's so liberal on the sort of inside of the hotels and the kind of areas there's still that element of okay don't go down the street drunk and you know you'll get arrested but what goes on in those like behind closed doors in the hotels it's just like anywhere it could be vegas you know it's got that vibe but the scene out there is very showy it's very like bottles of ciroc and you know yeah hip-hop music and 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 real like hot, like it's just that kind of night the nightclubs are just full of booths and and I thought, oh, it's not gonna, it's gonna, not gonna really fit in, but it's the opposite because there's nothing else like us out there. Yeah, people are wanting to let loose the fucking S Club Seven or like, you know, the Venga Boys, but there, that's the only place where people by the end of it aren't even playing bingo. They're not bothered yeah. anymore. Do you like it? Want... Dubai. When I first when I first went, I, I don't know. I haven't really moved my mind up on it. I think it's amazing. There's so much out there. You know the you know the restaurants, the um, just ever like recently I went in January with my girlfriend and her son, and there's all theme parks that have been built out there, and but there's still like an underlying vibe I get from it, and from documentaries and stuff I've seen about like how the treatment of the workers yeah. that work out there, and you you know such a different like at two ends of the spectrum from the money that's out there but then the, the the poverty of of like the people building these like you know yeah palace skyscrapers and you hear you know so it's got that little it's got a false vibe to it which i would say las vegas does but then i kind of love that as well in las vegas i don't know yeah and it just like you know but maybe that goes on everywhere but what about um, what about Ibiza? There's a lot of lot of English you go on that, or do you get a mix? Yeah, Ibiza's a bit a bit more mix. I'd never really been, I'd never really been to Ibiza or been into Ibiza, or really, you know, when I I sort of went through that kind of like clubbing, getting off my barn at stage between the ages of sixteen and eighteen, and then was done with it. Yeah, um, went on a bit of a mad one and ended up getting sent to India. To by my parents to go and uh, sort of get on the straight and narrow right. in for four months in the south really? of India. Wow. Yeah. And then when I came back, I sort of like 
swerved on my friends that would, would have been going out clubbing all the time. So I, I missed that kind of a beat the boat. Right. Didn't think the shows would work out there. Uh, the first main season we did, we did it in Eden, which is like a yeah, like nightclub, and we started it at like we started it at like eleven o'clock at night, and I was like, "This is people aren't going to be, they're just going to be off their heads," but they weren't. No. They were going out there pre-drinking, doing the bingo, and then going to a club at like two or three. Right. Yeah. But the, we we've started at Beat the Rocks now, so this was going to be our second season there, and. Uh, that's that's class. The pool parties at work. Ibiza's like, from what I've gauged of it, you know, you've got a sort of group of people that are like, oh, it's so commercial now. And, you know, it wasn't like this yeah. when I used to go. But, and it's like, well, that's kind of the same thing with, with everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not going to be, it's not going to be stuck in the, in the, everything moves on. And although, you know, whether you like it or not, like I, the, the scene, you know, the scene out there again, it's quite showy now. It's quite this and yeah. And from what, from what I know of Ibiza, wasn't like that. It's you know it's really Balearic and, and Bohemian to an extent. That's yeah. how it all started. And it still is though. I mean, like we I like <laughs> when me and Steph and the girls we, we go to go up to the north. I don't know if you've been up there, in the north up the forest by San Juan and Portonax, and you can yeah. drive down there. It's like it's like a contrast of two things though, but it's great. Well, like it, that's like when when I've been out, we've went to some really boss restaurants. Um, I can't remember some of the Hostel de Tour is one, um, and like went to not like the old town, and then I think we did go up. Yeah, find a little because one of one of the guys that works with us, he 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 lives out there, mm-hmm. uh, so he took us all around, and then you know go into some of this like pikes and stuff. But yeah, I'm a sucker for the strip. You know what I mean? I'll go out and hear, hear some like, you know, a five-hour step by DJ Harvey, all really uber cool. And like, yeah. But I just want to go and drink fat frogs on the strip. <laughs> Argue with Scottish guys or something. I don't know. <laughs> I just like, I just love it. Yeah, well, like, yeah. And, but for some reason, if I think I'm kind of trying to like, Relive a sort of relive my youth. I can't remember. Where's Magaluf? Is that no? Ma- where's Ma- Yeah, Magaluf from Malaga. Mallorca. Yeah, we went to Mar- is Mallorca Palma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went on a cruise and we stopped at Palma. Yeah. When I saw a fancy tour and all, and I was like looking on my Google Maps. I was like, Magaluf's like there, right? Let's go for like an English two two euro English breakfast and all. We once I went went out there once from a, me and my friend. And we end up going straight to the airport and then Magaluf, who's supposed to be looking after his 16-year-old brother. And we ended up in there and his parents were in the next resort along. That's fucking stupid, like. But um, we didn't see them. But uh, that was like, that's the only time being. And I, I don't, I couldn't do it ever again. I really couldn't, like. But, One uh, more roll of the dice. <laughs> and this is all over. No fucking way! I couldn't. I couldn't have it in me. Struggle to get out now for one night out, and and it not hit me hard. Used to um, used to be no problem, but with the kids now, yeah, they're onto it. They're onto you the next day. The eye contact, and you know, they, they know it. They know it. So how do you how do you find it with fatherhood and traveling? I see wee man comes along with you quite a bit there, doesn't he? Yeah, we go. We try and try and get away, and you know, he's he's been away with us a couple of times and you know but when I'm it's a tough one with work because I think with me and Louise when when I'm going away on these trips she's like oh well, well I can come and it's, it's tough because I think sometimes from the outside looking in it's because we have such a laugh doing the shows and it's a, like all the guys that I'm working with we've, we're all best mates and we've all just become so close yeah so when we go away and do Dubai and you know, we go away and do Ibiza. Although we're having, like, an absolute laugh, it's still really hard work. Really, like, those shows are more stressful than any other shows. Yeah. So, on a relationship sense, Louise will be like, well, why can't I? I'll just come. Yeah. And it's tough because, you know, it's tough when you've got, a, you know, a two-year-old and a, and a girlfriend on the back of your mind when you're trying to do work. But it's all, it's all right. It's, get, it's getting a balance and, it is nice that sometimes you can get a couple of days away, but after you know, even like this in lockdown, after 
I've got Alex all day and, you know, from six in the morning to seven and it's long and then he goes to, he goes to bed and then I'm kind of like, can't wait for him to get up again. It's weird. You're like with him the whole day and you just want a couple of hours to yourself. But then I'm like, I can't miss him now. Yeah. I, I, the thing is, once it, they go to bed, the, the evening goes quick though, I think. You're just like oh. seven o'clock and it's gone, you know. It, 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 it is long. It is long. For, the, for those who don't know who are listening, Alex is actually born with something we have in common, isn't it? The, uh, same day. The same day. Well, same ward or... Same, same ward, same day, was it not? Same ward, same day, yeah. So my twins and Alex are the exact same age. But that's, yeah. gone, that's gone quickly. That's gone quickly. Yeah, that has. It's yeah. not. It flies by. And uh, I'm panicking about another one on the way, July. July the 9th, maybe? Yeah. So that's all of it. So we've been sort of dicey with, with the virus, whether because we we're potentially going to have a home birth and then, you know, there's people that are having their kids around this time that the dads can only go in, like, for the, yeah. the last last leg kind of bit. It's a bit nuts. So mm. hopefully, hopefully in July it might have calmed down a wee bit. Yeah. Because I think it's quite daunting not having a, a, a birthing partner there with you, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. So you've, yeah, and what I've noticed as well, you've been doing a lot of cooking since you got back in. Well, that's that's the one thing that's kind of like I've done a few little silly videos, but actually, <laughs> I'm 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 looking for like what I'm, people have been saying. Oh, when you're in lockdown, you know, learn to play the guitar or learn another language. Use this time, and the thing keeping me sane is I'm using this time. I've always loved cooking. Yeah, I cook once a week. But now I've got all this time to actually think about it. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've bought loads of books that are coming about, instead of recipes, like learning techniques. Yeah. Uh, I've got more kitchen appliances and cooking stuff I've never made. I made like a lobster pasta yesterday, which is like unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my vice. That's what I'm like, that's, that's what's breaking up the monotony of being in the house all day, is I'm ex- getting excited about what I'm going to cook looking into things and, right, that's going to be for lunch, that's going to be for dinner. Well, form of therapy, do you reckon, as well? Cooking? Well, honestly, I sat, that, that lobster pasta dish took a good, it took, it was a good couple of hours, easy. But I was sitting there, only had, only cooked lobsters once before. And I, so this is the second time. And I'd sat and watched loads of different videos about how to get every morsel of meat out. Yeah. So it took me about an hour to like get all the meat out of it, but it was so therapeutic. I was just sitting there going, and I said, Louise came in and she's like, oh, you still doing that? I was like, I'm taking my time. I'm loving this. Like, I'm just like in the zone. How, how was your goo? Oh, it was a nightmare, mate. It was like, never used a slow cooker. I'll never use one again. You did have the lid on it, didn't you? I had the lid on it, but it just wasn't going. And then I used, I used, uh, chuck stick you know and i remember that kind of meat that like my grandmother would really have used to make like when my granny used to say like what's for dinner and you get like steak and chips but it yeah. wasn't like a, a sirloin it's like braising beef that's been in an oven with yeah. like tomatoes and a thick gravy kind of you know what i mean and that meat just falls apart it didn't for me so <laughs> i try i might try it again um but i'm all about the fish this week doing dover sole tonight never cooked that before yeah. I'm going to try and do fish and chips tomorrow, make my own batter and fry it. And so. Have you asked Sean for any advice? Big Sean, no. He, met, he messaged me today, actually, because um, Heston Blumenthal has released uh, the recipe for his famous meat fruit, orange uh, chicken liver parfait that comes in like a... Yeah. It looks like an orange, and I looked at the recipe. I did actually... Um, I, he, messaged, he messaged me asking for my, the fish supplier. Yeah. Um, and probably, hopefully, by the time he's listened to this, he won't. He'll have already made the call because I gave him a number of uh, my friend, thirteen-year-old uh, sister, instead of the fish supplier. So I'm waiting for him to call him and start asking for scallops, and maybe get a restraining order on him. It's not like Sean's put an order in late. So no, I don't know. I don't know. Is that a wee dig? No, I'm really joking. Not like Sean for even turning up on time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he loves that bed. So, yeah, well, that was your first uh, little thing into TV, wasn't it? Which, yeah, Waking Big Sean up. Yeah. Come to Wake Sean, still on YouTube, check it out. Yeah, 
that with the that then I got on Channel Four as well. I think it got on YouTube. YouTube. And then we did an interview. Me and Sean did an interview for some American like chat show. They wanted to like they wanted to like speak to us, but we did it like after I think in El Bandito <laughs> five because the interview was at six in the morning for the time difference, and we were live on this American TV show. Uh, Sean's, Sean's all over the place, and I can't even string a sentence together. Because we thought, well, if it's at six o'clock, we may as well just stay in the band until five. Yeah. Oh, Those are the days. Uh, yeah, okay, so I couldn't do that anymore. You're actually quite a bit of a foodie at heart. Yeah, I, 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 I am like, um, I, I am, yeah, I, I'd say it. I'd say so. Yeah, I know you'd, be, you'd go out your way to go to some pretty high-class places from what I've seen. Yeah, that's like a little, a little sort of... Um, yeah, it's a little vice. A lot, like I love it. I've, I've always, I've always been into cooking and, and food growing up, and it's weird because my mum and dad were like quite. They're not picky, but they're quite. You know, sort of. They, they like what they like. They like their steaks well done. You know, my mum had a very many of maybe about five dishes on rotation, and I and I, and I don't know where I got it from, um, but I think maybe my auntie would be a wee bit more. She would have been a bit more into it. Like I remember, she had like a blowtorch to do like fruit and stuff, you know. And I was like, "How is this?" <laughs> and when we go to restaurants, I'd always order stuff that, that I've never had before. I was always interested in trying new stuff. Even and I think I did it as well because my mum is so funny with stuff. Like if I remember, I first ordered scall- scallops once. And I must have only been about twelve or thirteen. I was like, "I'll try scallops," and my mum was going, "Oh, they're the bastards of the sea." And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh," and I'm like. You know, she likes, the only fish she'll have is like a deep battered cod and that's it. You know, anything with head. I remember we went to, we went somewhere and I ordered sardines and my dad was like looking at me just like in disgust because they had the heads on them and, you know, but I mean, yeah, I think certainly working, there was a, when I worked in Pushka, there yeah. was a little time there where, you know, Sean was in the kitchen um, and, you know, I was front of the house and there was a team of us that were really like, we started to go into restaurants. We went along Clume in the, in the yeah the lake. That was the first Midland star place I'd ever been to. Long and again, and again, a wee bit that I wouldn't like it. Yeah, Long Clume, and I was like, maybe this isn't for me. And but I got it. I was into it. Yeah. And it's quite hard to explain sometimes to people about you know you see fine dining or you see you know master chef the professionals where some people just look at it and go that wouldn't fill you up. That was that's fucking bollocks. That but. When you understand how much time and effort goes into it and the techniques, it's not like there's substance. There's obviously there's restaurants you could go to which will give you style over substance and it will just, you know, have a little balsamic poo swipe or whatever and it tastes like shit. But when you go to these places and they've got the awards that they do, that you know, there's a reason behind it. Um, so I, ju- I just find it really interesting. So where have you, where did you say Long Clumes one? Where where else have you been that you? Sticks to mind. And the second, we went, uh, went to Fat Duck in Bray. Uh, yeah. Went to Alan, Alan De Cases in London. Yeah. But just, just loads of different ones. Some, some are better than others. The Fat Duck definitely sticks out in my mind as one of, probably more of the, one of the best experiences I've ever had, you know, because that's that kind of vibe, you know, every, like it was just nuts. I went with a few of the chefs from Pushka and Louise and it was just out of this world. I'd say the best meal I ever had, there's a restaurant in, in uh, Melbourne. It was when we did the tour of, the first tour of Australia. And it's called Voudemont. Right. It's on, on, on like the top floor of this big skyscraper. And I think it's that kind of, I've been in fine dining restaurants where it's very, you know, white gloves, mm-hmm. and, you know, the very, very refined service. And that, that's cool. But I love the places, a bit like Long Clume or, or Moore Hall where it's more personal and, the, the, you know, you're chatting to the, the server and they know their shit about stuff and it's interesting. Yeah. You, you know, you know if you ask them a question, they're going to give you the right answer. Yeah. So that was like that. And it was all like traditional sort of mad Australian meats and like even like kangaroo. And, yeah. But it was, it was just unbelievable. And I went with Tom, who's our tech manager. I'm a sucker for a love going like the places with people that have never been to something like that. 
you know, I, like I love watching people's reaction as well. I don't know if that's like weird or not. But like, if someone says they haven't watched the Shawshank Redemption, I'm happy to watch it with them and see their reaction. Yeah. Like, so a lot. Like, I've got you know, Susie, slutty Susie, who's you know my right hand man. Yeah. Since working at the bingo, we'd never even had a steak. Yeah. I, I did a video of making a grilled cheese, and he he made one today, and that's the first time he's ever used a pan. Like he's he's, he's thirty. And how, no how? How does he eat? He's never used it. Nuggets. <laughs> he's used the bacon tray, but he's never ever used the pan. Like genuinely. Wow. Like, so when he worked at when he worked at first started at Bingo, and we went to like a steakhouse. He's like, oh, I don't know what the order. Here. I've never had a steak. <laughs> like he, twenty-eight. Like you never had any form of steak. No nuggets. Wow. So it's funny. It's funny now. I like and. The, the amount of restaurants and stuff he, he's like he's like a foodie now he knows his shit it's funny you've converted but yeah yeah like he's we went to we went to when we did shows in Amsterdam we went to a restaurant there yeah neither had ever tried caviar and we were on that trying that and the guy's teaching us how to do it properly with having it neat with champagne and we're just in our like in our trackies in this restaurant like just like looking like idiots but class you made so another another restaurant that's I don't know if you've ever been in Ibiza. We went last year, um, called Heart, and it's uh, no, I know what you mean. It's a collaboration between what do you call the brothers from El Bulli? Adrian Free. Yeah, it's 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 them two brothers with Cirque du Soleil. Uh huh. Made the restaurant dinner show thing. So that's more a like kind of an experience. I saw that actually on your Instagram. Is that what it's almost like a, a theatre show, isn't it? it well, it, it's kind of like that. It's it's weird. The whole thing's an experience. Like it's set like in a vaudeville style, you know, like musical, like variety show. But how you go into it? You go in as if you're going through the backstage area. So there's loads of actors there, like just like prepping and doing their cards, and you walk through them. But you're getting dishes as you go around. Then yeah. you go sit outside, and you have like a bit of a meal. Then you go for the dinner show. So there's like, there's like three or four elements to the whole night. It's absolutely off its head. But was the food good? Unbelievable. Yeah, like so so good. And I think that's the that's the main thing with these things. If if the if that's one thing I was worried about the fat duck because yeah. I've never had you know you see whatever you call it molecular dining and you see it on TV and you go nah that's like it looks good but there's no way and I think the first course was like a nitri- uh, liquid nitrogen yeah cocktail of like an Aperol spritz and you just put it in your mouth little ball and it's like unbelievable it messes with your senses there was another dish that was a cup of tea but it had like the way they'd done it was they'd done a, a, a layer of gelatin down the middle yeah so you had two liquids both clear so when you looked at it it just looked like one clear liquid but if you drank it the right way Half of it was really hot and half of it was freezing. Oh, right, yeah. So as you drink it, you've got this tea that's just like your mouth's just gone nuts. Yeah, the molecular well, stuff. It's, it's not like, if it's done right, it's not like a gimmick. There's like a, a reason behind it. I think I think big places like that, you have to, it's got to be, it's got to match up, hasn't it? Where it, you style of a substance, there's a lot of them, you know what I mean? But I think... Um, well, that's it. It's mixing that experience, though, with food. It's what happens, I think, a little bit in, in the food industry. It's, it's getting merged now with so many other industries that it kind of like, you know, some, are you going out for a meal or are you fucking playing, playing darts or what? You just don't know. It's yeah. like, and, but, but it's got to it's work or, I don't know, it comes about. So you, you could pick any... You could pick any mad combination of things, but as long as if it's done well, then you can't really argue or criticise it. Yeah, but it's when you see like certainly in the events industry, it's like you. Ju- I just see things that I'm like, where the fuck are people getting this from? You know, are you gonna come? You see an advert. Are you gonna come to this new brunch karaoke Disney themed bottomless prosecco and sushi event? And you're like, <laughs> like what? What is this? You know, there's a there's a high school musical themed tango class coming to you and it's like the people are just plucking ideas yeah i think they're not putting any effort into it they're thinking if i can just come up with something fucking mad yeah 
like it's like the bingo. Suppose if we had said, "Come to this bingo," that you you rave and you and you win silly prizes. But if we hadn't actually done any work on it, it wouldn't work. You know, yeah. you can anyone can come up with that like an idea, but do you I think still, a lot of people just think food at it. And do you still do the food because I know we we did the bedroom food for a bit, didn't we? Yeah, we do. I think it's like more. We've done, we've started doing some pizzas and stuff at the at our own venue, but in the other venues, it's whether they do food or not. I like Blackpool Tower, though. They do food. They do those. Is it what's the company? Is it Rollover Hot Dogs? You know the wee ones in a yeah. Do you know the ones I mean? Yeah. They do them in the Blackpool Tower Ballroom. Delicious. <laughs> I love them. I love them well. Yeah, going back to Ibiza a little bit. Have you ever been to a place called La Paloma? I'm not sure. Where is it? Is it a restaurant or a, a restaurant? Well, that's probably one of my favourite places to eat up there. But if you go go up north, you come off just before San Juan. Um, it's really, really popular, really good. If you do go back with um, Louise and the, and the kids, take them up there. It's got like a terrace area, a little player for the kids, but it's really popular with the locals. It's in a tiny it's little all, town. It's not, it's not all outside. And then there's like, a little bit of farm farming area and like a yeah like there's a there's a bar on the strip called shenanigans that do a ham and cheese toasting with british bread <laughs> I, I i know what you mean in San one, euro. one euro man get yeah. on it it's at the irish bar yeah yeah do you, do you, go, do you go back to belfast much I, I go over quite a bit it's, it's mad actually because the, the scene over there is for food yeah, um, it's it's really good. They've got you know, I think they've got two or three Michelin starred restaurants. Yeah, um, which is mad because growing up in Belfast, that kind of there was nothing. Like there was a nice Italian restaurant, and that was about it. I suppose mm. it's the same with Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably probably the same with most cities. You kind of go, oh well, it was never like this, but actually that's the way that's the way it is. Things things change, and certainly people's interest in food. Is so much different now. Mm-hmm. You know, people people are up for trying different things. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I go back. I don't really know it as well as I, I used to. And you know, the the licenses and all struggle over there a little bit. It's still really strict. Not in Southern Ireland, Northern Ireland. You know, there's no bars open past one. Right, uh, and it's 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 backwards on that sense, but. There's some good bars though, and some really good restaurants. I went to one called Ox. Right. It was really, really nice. Mm. Um, and the last time I went over, uh, there was an, a new restaurant. It's just got one star called the Muddlers Club. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been, I haven't been over for, to Northern Ireland for a long time. I want to, I want to do that where you take the car around the, the country. Oh. I love the west of Ireland. Kinsale, Cork. Well, have you been to Giants Causeway and? All around that, I got to, got to get it in. So simple, you could do it in 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 a, in a day, you know. Mm. Everything's so close. You could do, you could do a weekend in Belfast. You could tick so many boxes and so many things to see. Yeah, Ireland's beautiful though. Up the, you could go up to Derry, see my friend Nadine Coyle from Girls Alive, not name dropping or anything like that. <laughs> I, had get, I had to get one name dropping, didn't I? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I was going to ask you, what, uh, you've probably been asked, how many black and white t-shirts have you got? At the moment, in the wardrobe? Um, 40, 50? Oh, right, yeah, okay. That's, that's fair. That makes sense. All the same make, all exactly the yeah, same? Yeah, um, AS Colour. Yeah. It was, the, uh, when again, when I was in Australia, I found this little skate shop, all stripey tees. That was, that was when I really went full on into the stripes. I always liked stripes. So I was like, oh, loads of stripy tees. Got them. Like the quality. Uh, the double XL for the belly goes down a bit lower. <laughs> so kinda, it's, it's got a nice fit. And yeah, I was ordering them from Australia. Ah, uh, okay. The shipping was costing more than the t-shirts. <laughs> and Louise was giving me a really hard time just going like, just go to H&M. Just, and I'm like, no, these are the ones I like. Next minute, UK Depot opens. Mind blown. Next uh, day delivery. And it's one of these, it's one of these things that you check it out. AS color, yeah. It's one of the ones that like they get cheaper the more you the more you you buy. Did they know? Do you need to speak to them? You don't need to get a little sponsorship going. 
Well, I kind of, every time I get a big order from them, I like tag them on Instagram as if they've sent them to me. You know what I mean? Like saying, thanks AS Color, just pretending. <laughs> and I'm, you know, they're not a massive company. So like, I've probably done it about six times now where I'm like, thanks AS Color. And I'm just waiting for them to like message me back going like, oh, like, thanks for buying our products. But they're not. They're probably going, who the fuck's this guy that just orders stripy tees and keeps like thanking us, thanking them? Thanking him on Instagram as if he's been sent them for free. You need to find out. They're missing a trick there. The, the, the only thing is, they go with, like, there's nothing better than a fresh take. Do you know what I mean? And the way, the way they are, like, I was trying to, I was trying to maybe like convince Louise to like, I, I want because if you buy like a hundred, they're only about three quid a top, you know. And I was just saying like, well, what if I wear them like a couple of times and then charity shop? But I did get a big new order in. And then all the ones from a year put in a black bin bag and put in the Bernardos. But then I was thinking, when they open that and they see 50 used double XL black and white t-shirts, like they'll know where it's from. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've got a little bit of a buzz on in here as well. Three tins down. <laughs> got the midwife appointment. Gonna be all blue. So when you when you so when we come out of lockdown, it's like, where, where's first on your list that you're getting into your mind that you want to go to? Well, doing, doing the shows, um, you know, Ibiza is, is if that's happening, but has to be America. You know, there was even, I was even contemplating potentially moving there. All right. Uh, when we start the shows, just to try and, you know, I think, I think we learned when we did, a, when we, when we did Australia, we did a, a run of shows and then, we came back and we did a run of shows every so often. But I think to, to really crack America, we have to go over and bet ourselves in there. And, yeah. and, and so New York, I've only been to New York once when I was really young. Um, and I think that's where we aim to start when we try and launch America. So I'm excited about going there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, New York's fantastic. You'd have to hook up with um, Jono and Danny Mack and all that. We used to work. Yeah, they, um, they work in some cool places there. But there's, just, a, there's, a, there's a steakhouse I want to go to in Brooklyn. That's on my list. Yeah. It's like, it's like either one or two best steakhouses in the world, but it's like a big family-run joint where everyone's walking around in white aprons and shouting and stuff. Yeah, mate. The, 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 it's unbelievable. I did the New York Marathon recently, and I have Brooklyn especially. Yeah, I think that I think that would be our our plan to go out there and, and the way I, the way I'd work it out in my head is is to start up in a couple of cities around near New York, do Brooklyn, maybe Boston, Chicago. There, there was initial initial plan of doing a big tour, I'm trying to do it all over. I'd rather go and start it up there, yeah, and, and do shows, you know, for maybe a year in one spot and and kind of grow it the way that it grew here. You know, we did Liverpool for six or seven months before we went everywhere, anywhere, you know. Yeah. Who knows? We'll give it a go, but I, I love, like, I absolutely love America. And I love Yanks. And, and I just, like, it can be a little bit too much sometimes, but I love that as well. Yeah. I love, like, just how they don't have a, some of them just don't have a filter. They just say what they think, and it's just nuts. And it's, it's funny, like, so. Yeah, it is funny. There's a lot of there's a lot of different cultures out there as well. Do you know, like I've been I've been all over, and you know, no the, no two places are very are very similar. You know, and definitely in cooking and cuisine as well. There's so many types of food out there that need yeah. to be tried. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. Melting pots, New York, especially LA, especially like the Mexican influence as well, and the strength, even like the street, you know, the street truck culture and all that. Did you do did you do a trip of um the sort of the south before you did pork shop? No, I um I didn't because the girls were being born. But um oh so no there was there was one recently where they went to Austin, um and then they went up to Houston and then down into Mexico. So what's, the, what's the brisket place? The one that's that that's that. So that's Franklin's in Austin, and then they went they go down into Mexico then to all the distilleries so that we you know for El Bandito. So, I'll ask you a couple of questions, quick fire. Quick fire round. Fire round. No, it's only simple questions. So, first of all, what, what's your favorite dish? To cook or to eat? 
both. Oh, you cook. I've I've invented a a duck dish that is like my signature dish. Okay, that's what I haven't done it on my cooking cooking videos yet. Okay, um, it's duck breast with sweet potato mash, cabbage and bacon, and like a black cherry reduction, oh. and that's something I've made about fifty times. Nice. I made it up myself. Absolutely smash it. Anytime anyone comes over for dinner for the first time. <laughs> yeah. To eat, maybe ribs. Yeah. Maybe really good ribs. Yeah. Well, you want to get out to Austin. Austin then. Um, and what else? What else? Uh, and, and maybe like gravy chips and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Put the cheese on. The chips, then the cheese, and then the gravy over it. Oh, okay. In the carton, in the carton, flip yeah. the carton, three minute resting time, flip it back up, open the carton, and in. That, yeah, that sounds like a new uh, Michelin dish, that. Yeah. Do those answers suffice? <laughs> oh, yeah. And what about drink? Drink, I'm going to have to say, obviously, Buckfast, and that's like, I just love it. I love everything about it. It's sponsored by them as well, I reckon. Well, we tried, but because they're run by monks in Buckfast Abbey, they don't really like. Although they, although they like the money they get in from the anti-social drinking, they don't like being associated with the anti-social drinking that Buckfast gets. That, that's probably my favorite alcohol, like my favorite booze drink. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, and then, and, and, and oh, I just love everything. Dark, yeah. dark, dark, dark fruit cider. Like, come on. <laughs> Fair and enough. I, I like really nice stuff as well. Like, yeah. I like had a nice little shabby last night yeah. with the lobster pasta. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Red wine. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. And lastly, do you have a standout in the weeds moment that you can go, oh man. And yeah. Then, yeah. When I, when I, so when I like, when I was living in Ireland, I worked, started working in bars and restaurants, started working in a hotel first when I was 16, the Ramada. And then I've always worked, you know, I've always worked in bars and restaurants. That's what I've always done. And I was managing a bar in Brixton. Uh, called uh, The Rest is Noise, and then it became Ivan's Retreat. But it was a massive, probably like a 500-cap bar, big, long bar, big pub, and it was it was about 100 metres from the... So you get the tube station, then you get the bar, and then there was the Brixton Academy in London. Right. And th- that would depend on everything. Like, I was one of the managers there, and... Uh, your staffing would depend on what gig was on. And like, if you, you just looked at what all the listings were on, whatever, like, so you, so some nights you could have three staff on, <laughs> and it would be fine. And then the other, the gig nights, you'd need 20 staff on. And we, uh, I can't remember, there was a secret gig that wasn't announced. I think it was like Paul Weller or something. <laughs> me and, me and, like a couple of the other guys were on the bar, ready, just a nice shift, having a few little sneaky pints under the thing. And then about 500 Paul Weller fans came in and there was three of us on the bar. And it was just like, it started, and we had no security either. Yeah. And we were just like big cockney, like, fucking Danny, son, Danny, we next. And that, I, I think I cried, like, I honestly did. It was a killer. And we were trying to get staff in. We were trying to get staff in for, uh, you know, to, to come and help, and we couldn't get anyone. And I think what we did was we uh, we made the decision that after the gig, because what would happen, you get the rush, then the gig would come over, and then you get an, another rush. We just closed, and I got a massive bargain from, from my manager. But we were still, like, clearing down. And then, you know, up, but then there were all these angry Paul Weller fans banging the door going, it's only half ten, let us oh. in. That's a lot of angry sideburns, that. Yeah, so many angry sideburns. <laughs> wow. All right, cool. So any, finally, have you got any, obviously in difficult times, you got any messages of positivity for anyone listening? I don't know. The, the main thing is that everyone's in this together. That's what, I, that's what I'd preach. And, you know, just at least the fucking weather's nice. Yeah. Could, you, like, could you imagine what this would be like in December, freezing? Could you imagine what it would be like in Christmas? Yeah, it'd be, be, be bad. It'd be bad. So that's, that's the way it just always are. It's always Things could always be worse. So just focus on them and then go, well, the sun's out. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? And it's like totally acceptable to drink dark fruits in the day. Really, really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming it's on. So good. It's been so good to chat to you and see you. Thanks, Johnny. Um, I so- highly recommend Zoom as well. Like the, the false background, is that a real cactus? or is like That's all real. That's oh, real. is it? Yeah, cactus? No. Oh, it is. Sorry. All right. No, no, this is me. Um, this is me spot. This is me off at home office bit. But, um, but yeah, so that's how it goes out. Like, ah, got you. I thought you'd selected like intellectual office backgrounds on green oh, no. Someone else asked that. I thought it was like, it looked like a politician's thing, but they're all food books. It's all linked. You got, a big, you got a big pizza book there. It's about three inches thick. This one? Yeah. It's yeah. Where to eat pizza this cool. So it's like got all the. Um, Places in the world. Very good. Like yeah. All right, man. Work Take out it there. easy. Well, I Bye. hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and it's brought some positivity to the table once more. To follow Johnny in the kitchen on his pursuit of becoming a chef, it's Johnny Bongo Lacey on Instagram. And you can check out all the latest bingo news there as well. And to chat food and drink and stay in touch with me, it's Faz Man Goes on Instagram or Twitter. We can go to my website, mattyfarrell.co.uk. My website actually explains my social handle as well, which all started from a box of mangoes one day. And finally, and most importantly, to help Rich's great cause, the merchant making PPE for the NHS, please go to the Merchant Liverpool on social media and click the link in their bio to donate. What an amazing initiative, and I wish them the very, very best of luck with that. Next week... It's all about tequila and our first group podcast of the series. So guys, see you next Friday. Have a great week and stay safe.